Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Today, we're going to talk about the role of human resources in an organization. And obviously, human resources plays a huge role not only in large companies where they have dedicated human resources professionals, but also in smaller organizations where the person or few people who are responsible for human resources may wear a number of different hats. One of the frustrations that HR professionals express to me frequently is how to stay in their lane. In other words, when the business asks me for advice and I give them advice, How do I not become too attached to it? How do I make sure that I know, okay, I've given the advice, I've told them what to do, and now we're in a situation where they just get to decide how they wanna proceed. I don't wanna be too connected to the outcome, in other words. And that is a very important part for human resources to play in an organization where you give ideas, you can create best practices, you can offer suggestions and recommendations, but in the end, you wanna remember that the business folks have a job to do and they're gonna make the decisions that they're going to make. And I think particularly for human resources professionals that have maybe worked in a large organization where they had a little bit more Uh, traction on some of their ideas, or vice versa, in a smaller organization where they were not only the HR person, but also got to make business decisions. That transition or that recognition can be tough in terms of how far do I go? And one of the things I tell all of the HR folks we work with is it's important to keep some kind of a journal, whether it's a notebook, whether you do it on your phone or in paper, it doesn't matter. But it's really important for you to be able to go back and say, oh yeah, I remember that meeting I had. This is what we talked about. This is what we looked at. This was my suggestion. And a lot of folks think of that as CYA, that I'm telling them, oh, you need to have this journal or this notebook so that you can prove what advice you gave. I suppose that's a good sort of external benefit of that process, but what it's really about is you knowing what you have said, you knowing what your recommendations have been and what facts you knew when you made those observations or recommendations. Because one of the things that happens to me frequently is I'll be on the phone with the client. They'll start telling me their story about what's going on. Okay, Jen, I wanna fire this person. This is what the guy did. This is why I need to get rid of him. And then I'm on board with the client. Yep, yep, got it. I agree. We got to get rid of this person. No such thing as a good employee with a bad attitude. We got to be done. We got to cut them loose. And then they tell me something like, oh, yes, but I should let you know that he's a plaintiff in a lawsuit against us or he's filed a workers' compensation claim. That doesn't mean we can't fire him because we should do what we need to do to run the business. Employees who make a complaint or have a workers' compensation claim don't have any more rights to their job than anyone else. But there may be a strategy we need to employ, right? There may be a strategy that will make our decision less risky. So I'll often do a 180 during the call. Wait a minute, 
I know I just told you you should do this, but now I'm changing my mind because now that you've provided this additional fact, now I need to, to let you know that there may be a heightened risk or we should first do X or Y. So if you keep that notebook and you jot down, these are the facts, this is what I said, it will help you understand later, oh, that's right, I did make that recommendation because this is what I thought the facts were. I actually didn't know about these additional items. And that is one of the reasons why, no matter what type of organization you're in, whether or not you are spending 100% of your time on HR or 5% of your time on HR, the credibility that you have with the rest of the people in the organization is critical. You need them to be able to tell you when something changes, when there's a new fact, when there's a new development, because nothing in HR is static. Nothing in HR will look the same four hours from now, right? We all know that. So if you can think of staying in your HR lane as not minding your own business, that is not at all what I'm saying, but rather this is my role. My role is to educate. My role is to facilitate. My role is to collaborate. And then what a business person may decide to do that may be a separate issue. They may decide to not consider your advice or they've considered it, but they reject it. That also happens to me all the time, right? I don't have any ego in the advice that I give our clients because I feel like they're gonna decide to do whatever they think is best. I want them to be educated about the risks of what they're considering doing and potentially best practices or strategies that will help them do things with a little less risk or potentially a little more effectively. But I don't get tied up in the emotion of whether they're going to do what I told them to do because it doesn't matter. My job is as an advisor. My job is to help them understand the law and give them some options and help them assess risk. Same role you have in HR. So if you embrace that, if you embrace the fact that you're not dictating in many ways what goes on. Now, you may be dictating, of course, how you post a job opening, what salary range you're going to list for a particular position, where you want to hold an interview. There are lots of things you're going to make decisions on. But when it comes to a business decision, should we do a layoff? Should we create a new division? Should we outsource this part of our business? You're gonna give advice and counsel, and then the decision makers are gonna ultimately decide what they need to do. And if you look at that as the reality and not as a slight, not as, well, they didn't like my advice, they don't respect me, they're not taking my advice, they're not doing what I'm telling them to do. If you put all of that emotion aside and really think about your critical core role as an HR professional, you will see that whether or not they take your advice is irrelevant. Your job is to provide the best advice you possibly can. Your job is to strategize, depending on where you are in the organization, you might be uh, the director of, of people, right? And so you may be operating at a 30,000 foot level in an organization that has 5,000 employees. So you're not gonna be making day-to-day -day recommendations about terminations. You're looking at big picture items. Or you might be in an organization with 20 people where you're the operations manager and you help deal with HR.
Either way, you've got to know the value you bring to the organization. And I've had a lot of discussions recently with folks in HR that prompted me to talk about this topic because I think for a lot of them after COVID and having to navigate everything we had to deal with with COVID, the rules, the regulations, the feelings of employees and ownership and and the lack of communication from many government entities about what they wanted us to do. All of that was so stressful. And there was a lot of focus on human resources and what HR recommended, right? And a lot of what we said during those heightened COVID years was taken as gospel, right? All right, this is what HR said. This is what Jen Shaw said. Let's go do it. Well, now that we're at least a little bit on the other side of that, and we're realizing that COVID's probably never going to go away, we're going to have to find a way to manage our workforce and our business in the midst of it. There's less of a focus on HR in many ways. And HR folks I've talked to, many of them feel a little bit like they no longer have a seat at the table, like their, their opinions and their positions are no longer relevant. And it's just not the case. I understand why we feel that way because it's not the height of COVID and we're not in there having all of these really high profile, um, high risk almost conversations. But we're actually in a better place now because we can be more strategic as an HR partner. We can think more about the big picture. We can take a step back and start really analyzing what should our workplace safety program really look like? How are we gonna comply with wage and hour laws? Did we forget to do some EEO training? If we did, let's catch up on it right now. Should we do an HR audit with our council so we can figure out where our vulnerabilities are and how we might address them before we get a demand letter from a plaintiff's lawyer? How can we do that? Because the bottom line is this, I firmly believe that human resources professionals want to do the right thing. They want to direct the organization in the right way. They want to provide the information, the guidance, and the collaboration that will actually help move the ball forward. And there are challenges in every job, right? No matter what your job is, you help build bridges, you're a doctor, um, you're a crossing guard, whatever your job is, there are always going to be challenges. And human resources is no different. We're always walking that line between giving advice and being accessible and yet not dictating what needs to be done. I was doing an internal investigation interview last night with a witness, and he was pretty combative and pretty aggressive. And I found myself getting in almost a philosophical discussion with him about the issue we were talking about because I wanted him to understand where I was coming from. That may sound weird for an investigation, but this person was advising the complainant and he was giving the complainant bad advice, which is gonna have a profound career impact on this complainant. So I was trying to explain to this witness, look, the, the things you're asking are outside the scope of this investigation. What I'm really looking at is this issue X and this is what you need to be giving me information about. And I lost my way a little bit because 
I was so eager to turn him around to see what I was saying because I wanted to help the complainant, right? I know that the complainant is just a little lost and if he can get a little bit of a different perspective, he'll be able to keep uh, doing what he's doing and he'll be happier and it'll all work out. But if he keeps getting advice from this witness, it's gonna be a mess. And my job as an investigator is not only to do fact finding, but I also want to help the client solve the problem. So, and that's what clients want from us. That's why a lot of clients use us as their investigators and their advisors. But I found myself going too far. I found myself really, like I said, engaging in this philosophical conversation and not just saying, okay, guess what? We're going to agree to disagree. You've done, you've said what you've said. I've got the information I need. This interview is over. And I finally did that, but it took too long. So even when you're experienced in doing this and, and you know what your role is and you know what you're supposed to be doing, you're also a human being. And so there may be times when it's hard to stay in your HR lane, right? There may be times when you feel like, gosh, I know what the policy says. I know what we're supposed to do. But if there was ever a circumstance where we should have an exception, this is it. And I want to find a way to make that exception work in this situation. So when I talk about staying in your HR lane, I'm not talking about putting on blinders. I'm not talking about just ignoring everything that is not in your specific sphere of influence. The most important thing you can do as an HR professional, of course, is to have your eyes and ears open all of the time to make sure you know what's happening, to have your fingers really on the pulse of your organization. But that doesn't mean you're going to take action every time. That doesn't mean that you're going to be the decision maker. That doesn't mean that the buck stops with you. You're a member of a team. You're part of the solution, but you may not be the whole solution every time. So when you're talking about your role, when you're thinking about what is your lane in your organization, and by the way, that's going to change depending on where you work and what you do. Think about what those boundaries are. Think about what the bumpers are and be objective. Take a step back. Ask yourself, where could I be doing better? Am I doing what I need to be doing to further the initiatives of this organization, to drive the compliance that I'm responsible for without crossing too far in the lanes of other folks? And I know for some of you, that's easy. And for some of you, it's a little more difficult. But as I always tell my daughter, Ella, we can do hard things. We can all do hard things. So go out there and get it done, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Have a great week. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.